We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Sam Monk, recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Well, we've had a big week in our household. Uh, this week, we had the privilege of uh, sending off our uh, 91-year-old grandmother. Uh, she passed away, and uh, so all the, the family got together. And it was just a great celebration of a well-lived life. And uh, one thing I, I love is that in her 80s, she found Jesus. And uh, even f- before she passed, uh, a year ago, she had a vision or she had a dream that Jesus would tap her on the shoulder. And uh, when Jesus uh, would come and tap her on her shoulder, that was her time from, to pass from this life into the next life. And uh, while we'll miss her, uh, we thank God that she's in the presence of Jesus right now. And uh, where there's no pain and no suffering. And, uh, you know, it's, it was a little bit sad because um, my 94-year-old grandfather, um, you know, he was singing love songs to her as uh, she was passing. And uh, naturally, his heart was broken, um, you know, having been married. This year, they would have been married 71 years 71 years together. Any married couples out there? There's a goal right there. 71 years married and uh, just in love. He talked about how, you know, even the last days, he used, to, he used to hold her hand until she fell off to sleep. And uh, they would kiss and uh, we're saying, okay, granddad, no, no more details uh, there. But... Um, you know, he just uh, had a love for her. And, uh, you know, we're just so thankful for, for well-lived lives. And, but he, here's my grandfather. He's 94 years of age. And at uh, Christmas this year, he was sitting around, we're having lunch. And he says to me, hey, hey, Sam, I just don't feel like I've made my mark on the world yet. <laughs> you know, he's 94 years age. And he goes, I just feel like I've got something left to do. Yeah, I've got to make my mark. You know, there's, there's something in me that's still not yet done. And, uh, and uh, I just love the passion. In fact, this year he bought a brand new motorhome. And uh, so uh, watch out on the roads. You've got a 94-year-old uh, driving a motorhome. He said, uh, the drivers, you know, they're not as courteous as they used to be. <laughs> uh, people seem to beep a whole lot more than they used to. How many know it may not be the drivers on the road, it might be his driving. But I, I, I just love the life and the sense of adventure he has and that, that God's, he knows God's got something for him still at the age of 94. So many people go, well, I just don't know if God has a purpose for my life. And they're, they're looking for signs. Well, here's a sign that God's got a purpose for your life. You're not dead. Amen. God's got something for you to do. And uh, we can be confident in that. Well, if you've got your Bible, let's go to Philippians chapter 1. And once you go to Philippians chapter 1, I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 10. Philippians chapter 1 and Hebrews chapter 10. How many reckon this is an awesome church? I love what's happening in this region. Mosgirl, we're going to be launching that in the not too distant future, but already a gathering of people there and God's moving. And, you know, I hear there's been increase in salvation and we're just believing that's going to continue in Jesus' name. And come on, we can see Otago, Southland, reach for Jesus. Come on, I really believe, uh, you know, our mission as Christians is to change the world. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're called to change the world. 
Uh, and from here, you know, who would have thought from New Zealand we could influence Europe and places like Rome? You know, I don't know if you've heard, we launched in Rome in May this year. At the launch of our service, we had 222 people with 18 people giving their hearts to Jesus. That, that was just one location. Because we're a little bit crazy, we launched two locations in one day. And when, at the second location, there was another 120 people with six people giving their hearts to Jesus. Do you know that's the largest Protestant church right now in Rome? And uh, we've got a mission in Italy and already God's connecting people. And, uh, you know, we're, we're looking to plant church in Genoa and uh, Naples and Sicily. How many feel like going on a missions trip? Yeah, and, there, and so, yeah, many people right there. But, you know, just right around five churches uh, we could have by the end of the year in Germany. Two uh, uh, gatherings that we've got in Hamburg and in Munich. But uh, we're in places like Flensburg and, and uh, where some other bergs, <laughs> Berlin and, uh, and Mainz and, and just places. God's moving in the Philippines. Our church is going from strength to strength. And, uh, you know, you're a significant part of what God's doing. How many were at Shout this year? You know, Shout there. Just the gathering of the global family. I don't know about you, but I was inspired by, by what God can do through a group of people. So God's using you in that way. Well, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, it says, And being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He who began it, will complete it. He's faithful to complete what he started. And here's the good news is you can be confident in that. You don't need to worry whether things will come to pass because if God started it, He will bring it to completion in Jesus' Name. I thank God that God started a work in my family many years ago. My father got saved you know, in his 20s within an 18-month period. Uh, 26 of my family members gave their heart to Jesus. Uh, I don't know right now if you've got family members who are away from Jesus. I believe we're, we're living in a season and in a time where we're going to see households give their heart to Jesus. The work that He started in you, He's going to complete by saving your family. In fact, recently... You know, I rent out a place, I'm a landlord, and, uh, and uh, the tenant rang me up and said, hey, uh, you know, I just need to change our, our tenancy agreement because our, our relationship, the, the relationship we have is broken apart, and uh, I just need to have my name on the tenancy agreement. And I go, oh, that's sad, sad to hear. Um, and she knew I was a pastor. I go, is there any way that I can help? And uh, she said, no, we're working through it. It's difficult. He won't talk to people. And, uh, you know, I said, well, why don't you just come along to church? Uh, and so she was open. And so she came along to church the next Sunday, gave her heart to Jesus, <laughs> which is a good thing. And then I said to her, hey, um, has your partner got anybody he's talking to? He goes, no, nah, doesn't talk to anyone. I said, well, how about you give me his number? And I'll get in touch with him. And so I got his number, text him and say, hey, any way that we can help? He goes, yeah, it'd be really good to talk to somebody. So, so I met him at McDonald's, <laughs> the meeting place. What did you call it, Fetty Lane? Or, uh, yeah, it's at uh, McDonald's and, you know, I was able to share the gospel with McDonald's paraphernalia. And uh, he ended up giving his heart to Jesus. Uh, this, was, uh, this was about a year back, but uh, about 
more, a month ago, I was in church and, and this girl had given her heart to Jesus. She was at the, the new person's place, you know, the tent where we meet. And, and she, she, she began to introduce me to her brother-in-law, her brother, her sister-in-law. Yeah, and, and a whole, you know, I don't know, different connections of people who'd given their heart to Jesus. And so, so God hadn't just saved her, but He used her salvation to bring many more people into the kingdom of God. How many know God wants to use you in a powerful way? And He started a good work in you. But here's the good news. He's faithful. You can be confident, uh, confident today that He's faithful to complete it. I like Hebrews chapter 10. If you go there, Hebrews chapter 10, it says this. In verse 35, it says, So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. For in just a little while, He who is coming will come and will not delay. Don't throw away your confidence. Now, confidence to me is the attitude of faith. Without faith, we can't please God. But how we're to live, I believe, on a daily basis is with confidence. As Christians, we can be confident. I know what it is to live with confidence, and I know what it is to live without confidence. And I know where I'd rather live. I'd rather live with confidence, having a God confidence. You know, many people, uh, you know, how they define confidence today, they see confidence. In fact, in a world's view, it's, really it's not confidence. It's compensation. Uh, the compensation, in fact, a lot of what goes up on social media is compensation more than it is confidence. They're compensating because they feel an emptiness on the inside. They're looking for the approval of others and they're in need of affirmation. But when you have a God confidence, it doesn't matter what you're going through. You're confident in the one who's the creator of heaven and earth. And even though situations and circumstances might look bad, you're confident in the God who can turn that around in any moment at any time. And here, you've got to understand the context of this verse, this passage, is written to a group of Christians who are in the middle of a crisis. And, and what the writer's trying to do is he's trying to reconstruct their confidence in the middle of this crisis. And he's trying to get them to focus on Christ. How many know when your focus is on Jesus, you can walk on top of what others sink in? How many want to walk on water? That's what we're called to do as Christians. We're called to do things that can't be explained. In our natural mind, that, that's crazy, walking on water. But when your faith and your confidence is in Jesus, you can walk on top of what others sink in. Where other people sink, they get down, you know, they, they despair. You, you can have a quiet confidence on the inside that God's working for you. See, see, the whole tenor of, of the book of Hebrews is really is, is putting in place the supremacy of Christ. Uh, Christ is supreme. And another way of saying that is He's better. You, you put Jesus up against anything, He comes out better. He comes out on top. Come on, how many believe that today? 
You know, and, and the writer of Hebrews is saying, come on, we have a better covenant. You know, the old covenant, yeah, that was okay. You know, but, but we, we have a better covenant. How many are glad they're living in the times of the new covenants? You know, that we're not having to cut animals and do a whole lot of stuff today to, to get right with God. Come on, how many are glad about that? Come on, we have a new covenant and our faith is, is what gets us right with God. See, see, here's the deal. I found in life you can lose a lot of things, but if you have confidence, you can get them back. And, and it's our confidence in Christ that is really critical. See, see, here's the deal. The devil cannot take your calling. Do you know that? He can't take your calling. In fact, Romans chapter 11 talks about how the, the, the gifts and the calls of God are irrevocable. So here's the deal. In your worst day, God hasn't changed His mind about your destiny. He hasn't changed His mind about your future. When you let go of God, when you're away from God, God's plan, it's like, oh, He hasn't changed His plan. In other words, God doesn't change His mind when you lose your way. Aren't you glad about that? Yeah, the gifts and the calls of God are irrevocable. So, so since the enemy, the devil, can't attack your calling, what, what he'll do is he will attack your confidence. Because if he can take your confidence, he can stop you walking in and functioning in your calling. And he does that by sowing doubts in our mind. He, he does that by getting us to waver, to, to question. To, to doubt. You know, he'll get you repeating what, what previous generations never overcame. He'll get you thinking, well, they were never able to do it. So what makes you think you're going to be able to do it? You know, who are you to believe that? You know, who are you? A group of people in Dunedin believing they can change the world. What makes you think that's going to happen? You're no different. See, see, the enemy is out there and he, he's out there to strip you of your confidence. Yeah, you can have a calling, but if you have no confidence, you'll never be effective. You know, you're, you're like a car with no gas. You can be sitting in that car, but how many know you're going nowhere? Yeah, you're not moving forward. You, you can be speaking stuff out, but if there's not a deep-seated confidence within, you're actually not going to be able to apprehend everything that God has for you. Uh, the question I want to ask today is, have you got confidence? Ha have you got confidence? And what is your confidence in? Uh, here's the deal. Confidence is a natural byproduct of salvation. It's a natural byproduct of salvation. In fact, the whole context of the gospel, which is the good news, is, is confidence. Here, here it is. If it doesn't make you more confidence, confident, it's not the gospel. The gospel shouldn't send you away feeling like crap. Do I get an amen there? You know, religion will do that, but the good news of Jesus Christ instills confidence within us. You know, when you hear the good news, you should go away more confident than what you came in. Because the context of godly confidence is our confidence is not found in our flesh, it's not found in our achievements, it's not found in our attributes or our abilities. 
but it's centered in how good he is. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have a reason to be confident today. See, if the truth be known in a lot of places, our confidence is based on how well we're performing. You know, if we perform well, we're confident. If things don't go well, we lack confidence. We get a little bit insecure. You know, in fact, our confidence is on our results. You know, if we get the good result, you know, we're confident. But if we fail, you know, it's like, oh, we go down in the dumps. Tim Keller, he he said this. He said, uh, if success goes to the head, failure will go to the heart. And, And too many people today are living their life based on their performance. Uh, But the good news of Jesus is that we're confident not because we are good, not because we do a whole lot of things, because how many know whatever we do is not good enough to earn favour with God? We get favour with God because of His grace. And, And it's in Him we find what it is to walk and live with confidence. We have confidence in His goodness, His plan, His righteousness today. You know, if you're going to boast about anything, let's boast in the cross. Let's boast in what He accomplished there. See, so many people's perspective is, is out of whack simply because, you know, they're focusing on the one thing they did wrong. You know, and it's like you can do one thing wrong and it destroys your confidence in a whole lot of areas. And the enemy loves to play on the minors. He loves to focus on, on the one thing. But the challenge is, if you're going to hold your confidence, is, is not to lose your perspective. See, the enemy came to Adam and Eve in the garden and said, did, did God really say that you're not to eat of every tree? Yeah, you know, he said of every tree. How many know it's just one tree that they were not to eat of? Uh, but he got them in their mind thinking that God had forbidden them to eat from every tree. But it was just one. And the enemy will come along and he'll just highlight one situation. And, and he'll try and erode your confidence through that one situation, through those words that that person said. And, and, it, and it plays in your mind. And next minute, that lack of confidence, you've got a lack of confidence that you're taking into every situation and every circumstance. You know, Hebrews chapter 10, 19, verse 19 says, listen to this, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence, you have confidence, if you're a believer, to enter. Confidence. How many know just because you have it doesn't mean you're using it? Uh, A lot of us have got phones right now. And, and, you know, just because we have the phone doesn't mean we're using it. Some of us are using it. Get off Instagram, please. Focus this way. You know, it, it, it's like you can have something and not really use it. You know, and the challenge with confidence is to use what you have. And, and God wants you to know that you have confidence to enter. Listen to this. To enter what? The most holy place. Now, that's exciting because if you understand the old covenant, for the priest to enter the most holy place, they had to go through this massive ceremony. And if they got one element of that ceremony wrong, they were dead. How many would be a little bit nervous entering the most holy place? Here's the good news of the new covenant today. We can have confidence. We don't need to fear. 
we have confidence to enter the most holy place. It says, verse 19, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a sacrifice, by a new and living way that's been opened for us through the curtain, that, that is His body, And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us what? Let us draw near. So some of you, yeah, you've come to church, but you haven't drawn near. Because you're scared. You're thinking, man, if I get too close, what's going to happen? But saying, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. What's happening here? Uh, what the writer is doing is he's helping us see where our confidence comes from. Just quickly, three things this morning. Where does your confidence come from? Where does a godly confidence come from? Number one, it comes from a clear conscience. A, a clear conscience. It's kind of hard to have full confidence when you've got a troubled conscience. It's kind of hard to stand up and preach to others when I've got unaddressed issues in my own life. If I've got, I, I can't preach with full conscience, confidence if my conscience is troubled. You know, how many know we have, all have issues? Turn to neighbor and say, you got issues, man. <laughs> it's not new. But we all got issues. But the problem is, is when issues remain unresolved. It's when issues are, are hidden and, and there's a pretense and there's a pretending that goes on. You know, many people today say, well, you've got to fake it until you make it. Well, as a believer, you know, you don't need to fake it. Uh, you don't need to pretend you've got it all together. That, that's not the requirement God's asking of us. But he, He's saying, hey, you can bring those issues you, you can bring your cares and you can cast them upon me. And what the enemy loves to do is he, he loves to play on unfinished business. He, he loves to play on stuff that's, that, that's in the dark. See, see, some of you, you've lost your confidence because you've violated your conscience. You know, it's like you can't even look some people in the eye right now. If you see a certain person, you have to cross the street. Because there's unresolved conflict going on. It's like, oh, well, what if people saw those text messages that I was sending? You know, you know, many people, keyboard warriors, it's like, you know, they're doing stuff online that they'll never do face to face. And, and, and it's like, well, what, what if, you know, that area of my life was exposed? Maybe, maybe it's a place where you've got unresolved bitterness. You know, you're nice to a whole lot of people, but, but there's a relationship that, you haven't allowed God's grace to come in because you haven't, you haven't given, offered forgiveness in that area. And, and it's almost like, you know, there's an area holding you back because your conscience is being violated. It's, it's now you're in a place where you don't have confidence. And the devil knows it. See, if he can't get to your calling, you know, through your confidence, he'll get to your confidence through your conscience. And so he, he, he'll tempt you with stuff that he knows will defile your, your, your conscience. 
He'll tempt you with, with stuff that will, 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 keep, will get you living in a place of guilt and shame. You know, and, and it's in that place your, your confidence is eroded. You know, here's the deal. To come into God's presence requires confidence. It actually requires confidence. See, but the deal is the presence of God is the only place where your conscience can be cleansed. But if you don't have the confidence to come in, you see how the enemy tries to get us in a downward spiral? I don't feel good enough to come in, so I don't come in. But the very thing you need to do is actually come in because it's only there your conscience is cleansed, but you need confidence to come in. You know, there's people today who didn't show up to church because they showed up because their conscience, if they showed up, they're thinking, well, my conscience is being violated. But they're not turning up to the very place that they need. And here's the deal. When it comes to God, we come in confidently, not because of what we've done, but because of how good He is. You know, it's like some people almost came to church, but they felt too guilty. You know, have you ever had somebody say, well, you know, if I came to church, the, the building would fall over. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how I many know if any one of us, according to the old covenant, came in, like we came in today, we'd all be dead. But because of what Jesus has accomplished, we can confidently enter we can confidently approach His throne of grace today. Come on, somebody needs to give, well, all of us need to give God a big clap of praise for that. Doesn't matter what you've done. God says, come in, come in. See, see my confidence doesn't come from my behaviour. It comes through the blood of His Son. See, see, see when those drops hit the ground, the, the, the drops of His blood hit the ground, mercy hit my life. His grace came into my life. It means I can come into His presence with my head held high. I can come into His presence like a child of the King. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Come on. Come on. I can come in confidently this morning. It doesn't matter what you did last night. God says, come in. It, didn't, it doesn't matter what you did in your 20s or your teenage years. It, didn't ma- it doesn't matter what's gone on in your background. God says, come on in. He says, I know what you've done. I know your thought life. You know, some of you, oh, I've, uh, God, uh, people really knew what I was thinking. Well, God knows. God knows, and He says, come on in. Come on in. You can boldly approach His throne room today. Christian confidence doesn't come from your ability to conform to a set of behaviours. You know, we have a great high priest, and His name is, come on, His name is Jesus this morning. And we can confidently come into His presence. Second thing that builds confidence is a community. A community. That, that's why gathering is so important because we can't do this alone. You know, some of us, our confidence has been shaken lately. That's why you need others around you. Not just anyone, you need a, a community of believers. Let's what the writer of Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verse 23 says Let us hold unswervingly. I like that. Yeah. Unswervingly. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is what? He is. 
Come on, let's all say that. He is... He is faithful. And, and it goes on, and let us consider how we spur one another on to love and good deeds. Uh, so what's our role as believers? Is to spur one another on. It's to stir one another up. You know, it's interesting how, how some people get really offended if you ask them to be involved or, or do something in church. It's almost like, no, don't encourage on my time. But yet they might ask them to the pub. They go, yeah, let's go. <laughs> You know, but sometimes it's church, it's like, oh, you know, they get all, all fun. But, you know, as believers, what are we called to do? We're to spur one another on. We're, we're to stir one another up to love and good works, not giving up meeting together. It goes on, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more. So, so uh, uh, when it comes to encouraging people to m- meet together, you know, if we, you think, well, they're over the top already. Well, it says we're to be that level and we're to be all the more as we see the day approaching. Because here's the deal. The writer of Hebrews is saying this is important. If you're to maintain confidence. See, I, I need people in my life to keep me on track. I, I need believers in my life to say, hey, keep going. Don't turn back. Don't settle. I need other people around me to inspire me, to encourage me, to rid me of my excuses. Sometimes, you know, I have excuses, but then I look at another person and go, well, if they can do it, I can do it. What's my excuse? And we need other people around us if we're to live out this God plan in our lives. Come on, how many believe that today? That, that's why a church community is so vital. You know, it's, it's like we need people who are going to stir us up to keep moving forward, to provoke us so that we don't just get comfortable. You know, there's other people who will get upset at us moving forward. You'll get people who will try and pull you back into past patterns of behaviour. you you got people who won't want to go in the same direction and who won't endorse your decision to follow Jesus. But here's the deal. When it comes to following Jesus, you can follow, you've got to follow Jesus for yourself. But you can't follow Jesus by yourself. You've got to follow Him. It's got to be your own conviction. It's got to be your own revelation. You've got to follow Jesus by, by, for yourself, but you can't follow Jesus by yourself. So what do we need? We need a community. That's why e-groups are so vital. It needs to be more than just a Sunday. The early church, they met in the temple courts, but they also met from house to house. And some people think, well, I can get away with, you know, just doing one or the other. But no, if the early church needed it, don't you think we need it? You know, we've got pressures going on in the world and we need to be encouraged. We need to be around other believers who are going to stir us up in Jesus' name. You know, you need some people who believe in the call of God in your life who don't see you through your past mistakes. You know, we need a, a group confidence because let's face it, we all have our doubts. And, and too many callings are abandoned at the crossroad of confidence. And in a lot of places, it's simply because they haven't got other people around them encouraging you. Come on, we want to encourage you to live big. 
We want to encourage you to believe that your friends, your neighbours, your family members can be safe. We want to encourage you to believe that you can make a difference, that you're not here by chance, but you're here by the ordained purposes of God. Amen. So you've got a community. Number three, last, last one, is if, if we're to live with a God confidence, we need to be consistent. It's going to take consistency. Listen to this verse again. Not giving up meeting together. As, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. How many know uh, you, don't, you don't go to the gym once and expect to have abs? Well, some of us might, but we're crazy. It, it doesn't work that way. You know, there needs to be a level of consistency around that. And, and what your, your confidence comes from your consistency. How many know when you have time pressure, you know, your confidence is, is based on, you know, your level of anxiety goes up if you're not confident in the people around you. you know, you're not confident that they're gonna show up in time, that they're gonna do what they said they'll do. But if you know them and they've never let you down before, you know, your, your anxiety levels aren't that high because yeah, they'll show up. Because yeah. I know their character. Yeah. I, I know who they are. See, a lot of people today, they believe God can. Uh, but in a lot of places, they're unsure whether He will for me. But, but to have faith, it's not just to have faith in God's ability, but it's to have faith in God's nature. See, see right now, if I was to do a trust fall, I know Jake, he, he can catch me. He's got big enough muscles to do that. You know, he, he works out. I don't know how often, but, you know, he, he can do that if I was to do the trust fall right now. But how many know, I, in doing a trust fall, I'm not depending on, my faith is not in whether he can. My trust is in, in, in how long I've known him and that he's a man of his word. And, and that, that when he says he'll do something, he will actually do it. I'm not going to put it to the test right now, but... <laughs> But, but here's the thing, when it comes to God, many of us go, yeah, God, you can. But we're still questioning whether He will. And I found your confidence grows. You know, if you've trusted God with $10 and He's been faithful, you go, okay, He's faithful. Then I can now trust Him with $100. And you trust Him with 100 then you can trust Him with 1000 And your faith grows as you begin to understand the nature of who God is. It's the same if I share, if I launch out in faith. You know, I, I know I begin to experience His faithfulness in my life. And, and when you experience His faithfulness, you go, oh, well, now I, I can see God's true to His Word. He's consistent. What He does today is consistent with what He said in the Bible. And, and so my confidence grows. Maybe you're not confident. Well, how can you expect to be confident when you show up to church once a month? Uh, when you pick up your Bible every now and then. It's like, oh, I need a word from God. Open the Bible. <laughs> how many have ever done that before? Come on, uh, be honest right now. How many have ever done that before? It's like, oh, I need a word from God. Uh, you haven't got a pattern of consistency and, and you're, you're wondering why you're suffering with confidence. Is this because, oh, 
you know, it's like, how many know if you're going to win a lotto, you've got to at least buy a lotto ticket. I'm not encouraging that, by the way, but, 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 but it's like you've got to, you actually got to have a pattern of consistency. You know, if you only read your Bible in an emergency, you know, you haven't got a level of confidence. Whoa, that's putting too much on the line. See, see, what happens when people do that, you're embracing a behaviour without embracing a heart attitude. And many people don't have confidence because their confidence is in the behaviour, but they haven't changed their heart. And, and, but when you embrace a heart attitude, how many know behaviour just follows automatically? When there's a change of heart, you know, something flows. It's like you can say stuff and not mean it in your heart. But how many know if it's in your heart, it will come out of your mouth? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, so many people say, well, I've just got it going on on the inside. But in the Bible, you know, and I could explain this, you can't have something happening on the inside without it expressing itself on the outside. But what religion is, is it's having stuff happen on the outside with nothing happening on the inside. Now, let's be a church that lives inside out. Inside out. Let's get it going and then let's express our faith because when we do that, we have confidence. You know, you see, you see some people who have tremendous peace in their life. You know, I challenge to say those people have learned to forgive a lot. Uh, they've done it. You know, it's, it's just that they've got some patterns. You know, listen to, uh, again, verse 35. Don't throw away your confidence. If we could have the musicians up. Don't throw away your confidence. It will be what? Anybody know? It will be richly rewarded. Come on, how many want a reward? A reward from God. Nobody wants a reward. Hey, man. Come on, I want a reward. It's like those little kids, you know, get the award at the assembly. It's like some of the reasons they get their awards today. I'm going, really? (laughs) But they got the award. (laughs) It's like, you know, the teacher comes up with any old reason to give them our award. But here's the thing. You want to get an award from heaven? You've got to hold on to confidence. Don't throw it away. It implies you had it already. Here's the deal. Your confidence is your responsibility. Yeah, your confidence is your response. And nobody took it away from you. They can't take it away from you because they didn't give it to you in the first place. Yeah, your confidence has got to be in Christ. And what I found is the enemy will always try and come in and, and taunt us. He did it with the Israelites. Remember the battle scene? Uh, the whole children of Israel were standing there. And there was a giant in the valley shouting out, taunting them, saying, hey, what are you going to do? Send me your best. They got dressed for battle every day, came out, and they'd listen to the taunts of this giant and they'd go back home in fear. Not one of them had the confidence to stand up until David came along the scene. And he had confidence, not in his ability, he had a confidence because he had seen God's faithfulness with the lion and the bear. 
And because he had experienced God's faithfulness with the lion and the bear, he had confidence to take on the Goliath. Right now, God's got some Goliaths in front of people. But here's, here's the deal. Goliath is not silent. He'll taunt you. So who are you to have that big dream? Who do you think you are to think you can do that? He'll come along and He'll remind you of your past. He'll remind you of the mistakes you made. He'll, he'll remind you of past failures. So who are you? But don't you love the fact that we have a God who clears our path? Yeah, I love what Psalm 119 verse 41 says. It says, May your unfailing love come to me, Lord. Your salvation according to your promise. Then I can answer anyone who taunts me, for I trust in your word. See, the, the question I want to ask is, do you have an answer to the taunts of the enemy? Because some of us, you know, when the enemy comes in and puts all those questions in our mind, we have no answer. But God wants to put an answer in our spirit where we can stand like David did in the face of Goliath and say, who are you, you uncircumcised Philistine? Who are you to defy the armies of the Lord? He said, I'm gonna cut off your head today and I'm gonna feed your dead body to the carcass, dead carcass to the birds of the air. And some of us right now, we need to look some things in the eye and say, you're not gonna rob me of my confidence. My trust is in Jesus today. He's my hope. And He who promised. Come on, He who started the work. He who birthed it in my heart. He's faithful to complete it in Jesus' Name. Don't throw away your confidence because it will be richly rewarded. Come on, Equippers, Dunedin. Come on, Otago. Come on, don't throw away your confidence. God, just as God has worked a miracle in this place, He started something. He's gonna be faithful to complete it. Come on, we're gonna see households saved. We're gonna see communities transformed. We're gonna see the Kingdom of God ushered in in a way like we've never seen before. How many believe that today? It's gonna to take confidence. Come on, if you want your confidence to be in Jesus, how about standing to your feet? We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipperschurch.com.